Hi guys, welcome back to Be The Main Character with Bianca. Happy Thursday. I hope you're having an amazing Thursday. Let's do a little life updates. What's going on in my life? It's March. It's my birthday month. And I will be the first to admit that I celebrate the whole month. I, I don't feel bad about it either. I'm going to celebrate the whole month because why not? Who cares? First order of business is I'm going to New York this weekend, like this weekend, uh, you guys are listening to this, to this on a Thursday, I'm leaving on Friday, and I'm so excited about it. Then literally a week later, I go on a cruise, and that's like, so my birthday's in between those two, so I'm going to celebrate at both, of course. And the cruise is also falls on St. Patrick's Day, which I'm also very excited about. And I'm never really one to celebrate St. Patrick's Day or, like, go out for it. I know it's, like, one of the biggest drinking nights of the year, but I just have never gone out for it before. Um, so there's pub crawl on the cruise, and I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. So, yeah, that's how I'm celebrating my birthday this month with a lot of travel, and I'm very excited and very grateful to be able to do so. And yeah, take your PTO, live your life. That's what it's there for. And that leads me into today's topic, which is my nursing journey slash my healthcare journey. Working in healthcare, what brought me to it, um, what led me to be a nurse, and everything in between. So I want to start off with the fact that when I was younger, I never was the one to say, like, when someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. I never ever said nurse. I never said nurse. I never said doctor. I never said anything in the healthcare field. It honestly was nothing that I was interested in when I was younger. I always thought I was going to own my own business when I was older of some sort. I didn't know exactly what, but I knew I wanted to be in business some way or another. And that was always what I said, like, oh, I'm going to go to school and be a business major. Like, that's always what I thought I was going to do. And... I had healthcare workers in my family. Both my pa both my grandparents on my mom's side are both nurses. Um, my mom and my dad are both not nurses, and no one on my dad's side is really medical, clinical, anything like that. And even though both my grandparents were nurses, I still really had no interest in it. It just was never something that I thought I would ever want to do when I was younger. It never even crossed my mind of something of interest to me. And I never really knew exactly what specialties my grandparents were in, truly what they did. I knew a little bit, and I listened, and I knew, like, oh, like, my grandmother's out for a 12-hour shift today. I knew she worked in the ICU, but I didn't really even know what that meant. This goes for a lot of people just really not knowing what nurses do or what, you know, the subcategories do as well, like techs or aides or anything like that. Um, I really just didn't have any knowledge of it, and I feel like a lot of people don't truly know what all these categories in the hospital do, or even what a nurse does, besides what you see at the doctor's office, or if you have to go to the emergency department when you're younger. That's your base of knowledge that you have, and that's pretty much all I had. I didn't know that you could be so specialized in nursing. I simply just didn't know the impact of what both my grandparents were doing. I obviously respected their careers. I just truly didn't know a lot about it. 
Fast forward, and I'm now 14 years old, entering high school, and I decided to go to a technical or vocational high school, which basically means you go to a high school where you pick a trade of some sort, and you get certified or licensed in that trade, and you go on to co-op your junior or senior year, and co-op is basically where you work half the week, and you go to school half the week, and you get paid for you know, whatever specialty trade that you're in. And you're also taking normal high school classes. So you train in your trade for about two and a half years. And then for about a year and a half, you do co-op and high school at the same time. And, you know, you had to work a certain amount of hours to be able to stay on your co-op. But it was really cool. So I decided to go to that school. Um, both my parents had went to that school and a bunch of my family had went to that school. And I knew for a while that I wanted to go to that school. And I ended up going there. Mind you, I still have in mind that I'm going to do business and marketing at my high school. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what my co-op's going to be. And then I'm going to go on to college and I'm going to be a business major. That was my plan. That was always my plan. That's always what I thought I was going to do. And now... I am also the older sister of two twin boys, my brothers, and if you guys don't know, I have four younger siblings, so two twin brothers, and then I have two younger sisters, and they play a huge impact into why I wanted to become a nurse. So I'm 14, and my mom is pregnant again with my sister, Brooklyn, um, who is now eight, which is so crazy to say because eight years ago is when I decided that I was going to be a nurse and we'll get to that. So my mom's pregnant with my sister and my dad at the time was traveling for work. So he was gone Monday through Thursday and then he would come back Thursday through Sunday, sometimes Monday, and then go back to work. And that's what the dynamic was. We had never had that dynamic in the past. It had pretty much just happened from like the end of my middle school years, beginning of my high school years which was really different because we were such a close, tight-knit family that having him gone so many days during the week was very strange. And now that my mom is pregnant, I feel like at that point I stepped up a lot because my mom is pregnant now and my dad wasn't here all the time to, you know, do every little thing that pregnant women need or deal with. I mean, I was dealing with my mom's, you know, hormonal pregnancy body mood and no, she wasn't super mean or anything. But I mean, I remember some points being like, dude, what did I do wrong? Why are you so angry? And it was like, I got the wrong ginger ale. I will never, ever forget that. Actually, <laughs> my mom told me she needed ginger ale. And this is the first trimester of her pregnancy. And I was like, okay, so I went into the store and I got ginger ale, but I got like a small, normal, like bottle of ginger ale. I didn't get like a liter. And she was like, what am I going to do with this? This is barely going to last me any amount of time. Like, what did, what were you thinking? And I just remember looking at her in shock because she had never spoken to me like this. And I was like, like, I didn't even know what to say. I remember being at a loss of words because I was like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. And from then on, I was like, okay, we got to step it up here and play dad's part a little while he's gone. So I learned quickly how to, you know, take care of my mom, and she was also raising three kids at the same time and doing an amazing job. I'm not discrediting my mom or saying that she put so much pressure on my back. She definitely did not, 
But, I mean, when you're in a family and you're the oldest and, you know, there's a big age gap between you and your siblings, like, sometimes you just have to step up and that's how it was. And, yeah, it taught me a lot. And as the months went on, my mom and dad kind of played around with the idea, kind of just put it in my head of if I wanted to be in the room during the birth, that I was more than welcome to do so. And when they first told me that, I was like, immediately, no. Nope, I will stay until everything happens, and then I'm peacing out. I'm not doing it. I had no interest. I was like, couldn't even believe they offered it to me. I was obviously grateful that they did, but also in shock. Mind you, I'm 14. I'm just entering high school. I have a big age gap between me and my sister. Not that it was weird for me or anything, but the thought of being in the room during the birth, I was like, yeah, absolutely not. And as time went on, more and more family members also started to say it to me, like, it sounds weird, but it's really beautiful. You should think about it. You should think about it. And I was like, can everyone just stop telling me that? It's not going to happen. And then I remember I was in class one day. And I got a call from the office telling me that I had to go and my grandfather picked me up and he was like, your mom is at the hospital. She went to a doctor's appointment for a checkup for her and the baby and they ended up saying that she needs to go to the hospital and, you know, she's going to have the baby soon. And I remember my dad wasn't even home. I think he was in Vermont. Mind you, we lived in Massachusetts at the time. I think he was about four or five hours away. If I'm remembering correctly, I think my mom had an issue with her blood pressure at the time. And that was the reason they didn't even let her go home in between the doctor's appointment and the hospital. They were like, no, you need to immediately go to the hospital. And my mom was so stubborn and was like, I want to go home. And they were like, you can't go home. So she listened, she went to the hospital, and I remember calling her and being like, what do you need me to do? And she sent me a list of everything we needed. The bag for the hospital was pretty much packed. It was just making sure she had all her stuff as well because we had all the baby stuff. We had all of Brooklyn stuff, but we didn't have all of her stuff. And I wasn't even thinking about packing anything for myself. I was so hyper-focused on just getting to the hospital and seeing my mom. So I remember my grandfather ran me home. Mind you, this was my mom's dad. So he was a nurse. So he's not panicking. He's not freaking out. I'm freaking out a little because I just want to make sure I get everything to my mom and make sure she's good. And so I packed everything and we headed over to the hospital. Mind you, my dad is racing home from Vermont. And so I get there and it's just me and my mom and... I don't even think she was in active labor yet. I think she was just being monitored at the time. I don't even think she was having contractions yet. And I just remember getting there and being like, what happens if this baby comes and my dad's not here? Like, what are we, what am I going to do? And I remember when I got there, my other set of grandparents were there. So my dad's parents were there because they didn't want to leave my mom there alone until I got there. And this all happened very quickly. It sounds like it took a lot of time. It was within an hour, hour and a half. But they were there just because they knew she wasn't in active labor yet. They just wanted to make sure she was good, that she wasn't alone. And then when I got there, my grandmother on my mom's side, who isn't a nurse, pulled me to the side and said, Listen, I know we've talked to you about it already, but I really think if you're willing, you should just consider being in the room for the birth. And I said, okay, Nana, I will think about it. Thank you. Love you. And she said, we'll see you when the baby's born. Peace. 
everyone leaves. It's just me and my mom. And I think my dad got there about 45 minutes later. We still don't know to this day how he got there so fast. We just don't ask questions. It happened. He was there. That's all that matters is that I was no longer alone there with my mom who was about to have a baby. My dad was there and all was well. And I wasn't freaking out so bad anymore because my dad was there and everything was fine. So I'm there. And let me tell you, this was a long birthing process, okay? Her labor in total for Brooklyn was, if I'm remembering correctly, 36 to 38 hours. Mom, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive that's pretty accurate. It was long, okay? And the way that this hospital was set up was that the room that you have the baby in is not the room where you stay. So once you have the baby, you get moved to a bigger room, but... When you're just in labor, you're in a smaller room. So I remember me and my dad sharing this tiny, tiny recliner the first night. And I remember I was in such a rush to get to the hospital that I didn't even pack clothes for myself. I ended up wearing the hospital scrubs. So did my dad. And that's just something. The whole experience is something I will never forget. But now at this point, my mom's, you know, laboring. She's having contractions, and while I was there, I learned how to count in between contractions, what that meant, what it looked like, and, you know, the baby heart monitor was on, so I was learning a little bit about that, and mind you, we were there for so long that, you know, we got to see the whole 12 hours of each nurse that was there, and, you know, the 24 hours that the doctor was there. Remember that the first nurse we had that day was younger she was definitely now that I'm older she was definitely a new grad or just a very young newer nurse not for anything that she gave off but she just looked a lot younger and I remember her staying the first full 12 hours and she was like maybe I'll see you guys tomorrow maybe not like we'll see how it goes I'm gonna go home and make the baby a hat and I was like that is so cool she's going home to do something for my baby sister out of the kindness of her heart on her time off because she loves her job so much and that kind of started a little spark in me I was like huh that's really cool this nurse came in and she was definitely more of a veteran nurse you could just tell by her demeanor not in a mean way or a bad way at all she just she knew what she was doing not that the previous girl didn't but this girl she just she knew what she was doing. She got the ball. She had my mom bouncing in between contractions. Mind you, it's the overnight shift. And this girl is peppy. She has energy. Loved her. I will never forget her. And so she spent the overnight 12 hours with us and, um, you know, did the best she could to make me and my dad comfortable, my mom comfortable. We're all just, you know, huddling in this tiny little room as my mom is on like hour 14 of an active labor absolutely killing it and yeah she was amazing and we did get some sleep but my mom's contractions were pretty intense so it was on and off sleep more and more time goes on and the next day around 3 p.m or a little bit before that my mom starts you know she's getting ready to push at this point and it happened so quick and I had been thinking about staying in the room at this point, and I felt like I had been on the journey of, you know, 30 plus hours that at this point I was so invested and I was like, I'm just going to stay in the room. And it happened so quickly that there was really no time for anyone to ask me or help me decide. It was either I was going to leave the room myself 
or I was going to stay. Like, obviously, at this point, all eyes are on my mom making sure my mom's okay. No one's checking in to make sure that I want to stay in the room or stay out of the room. Like, it was my choice at this point. And I decided I've watched my mom go through this whole process and sticking it out until the end. So incredibly glad that I did because it truly changed my life. It changed everything I thought I knew about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And if this is TMI for you, I'm sorry, but also birth is such a natural part of life. Let's just move on. So I was in the room for the birth. It was amazing. I will never, ever forget it. And I cut my sister's umbilical cord and it was, oh, it, I will never forget it. I will never, it like makes me tear up. <laughs> the only good part about her having such a long labor that the pushing process was so fast. It was over within like 20 minutes and there is beautiful baby Brooklyn. I cut her umbilical cord and I was so, un not unfazed, that's a, that's a bad <laughs> thing to say. It was not unfazed. I was amazed. But I also wasn't freaking out about everything I had just saw. And one of the nurses, she was an older nurse. She was probably 50, like early 50s. And she pulled me to the side and she said, what do you want to do when you get older? And I said, I don't know, but what you guys did was really cool. And she said, if you can handle what you just handled at 14 years old, you should really consider being a nurse or being in the medical field one way or another. And that was it. That's all it took. After that, I was like, okay, cool. I'll be a nurse. And from that point on, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a nurse. That nurse did not have to take that time out of her day. Mind you, my mom was still, you know, recovering from just pushing. It was within like two minutes after that. The nurse pulled me to the side and told me that she did not need to. But if I could go back and find that nurse, I would love to tell her that she truly changed my life. Um... And those words were all I needed to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. After that, we brought Brooklyn home and I decided that I was going to do the CNA program at my high school and that was going to be my trade or license. And if you don't know what a CNA is, it's a certified nursing assistant and it was one of the most um, competitive programs within my school. And I remember the year, my year of how many people entered that shop. We called them shops. It was 60 people. It was a lot of people. Everyone wanted to be in that shop, I feel like. At least for that year, it was very popular. And I remember going through the shop and being kind of interested in it. And then, you know, Brooklyn's birth was definitely the push where I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Because when I went through, let me, let me reel it back, actually. Because some people don't know what technical schools are. Your freshman year, you go through every single shop, every single shop from electrical to cosmetology. You go through them all to see, you know, what you like, what you don't like, because sometimes you'll be surprised and like something that you never thought you would. Like, for example, I loved carpentry and I also loved HVAC. Like, I was very interested in it. I really didn't think I would pursue it, but I found it enjoyable and fun. Um, I really did like those two shops, but obviously I went a totally different path and um, went into my shop was called health occupations which is when you would get your CNA license so I spent the end of my freshman year my sophomore year and a little bit of my junior year being in the shop um, you had to you know keep certain test scores you had to pass anatomy with like a certain grade and yeah so 
you had to really be on top of your stuff and you had to do really good at clinicals, obviously. And then you also had to pass your licensure exam, which was, um, I think it was 60 questions on paper. And then you had to do, and then you had to do actual skills in front of a tester. So you would go into this room, you would have a fake patient there that was a part, like a, usually a senior from the high school that was acting as the patient and they would you know, bring you in the room, they would give you two skills on this card, and you would have to perform those two skills, and you had to get a certain amount of points in order to pass your CNA exam. So everything was being prepped for that. And I remember feeling really confident on that day. And my last name is Villers. And I think I was the last one to go that day. And I remember everyone absolutely panicking that day. And I remember there were a lot of tears. And I came out of the room like, I'm good. I'm chilling. Like, if I don't pass, we'll try again. But I really felt really good and confident about it. And I had already had a job lined up. So I was very excited. And it was actually, oh my gosh, it was actually right around this time last year because I took my CNA test in March six years ago. Hold on. I just did it. It was six years ago around this time that I got my CNA license. That is absolutely wild. And now I'm a nurse. That's crazy. Anyways, so my first real job was in healthcare. I've pretty much only done jobs in healthcare. I did like one summer camp for a gymnastics program, but it was only literally for the summer. So it wasn't like a real job, but it was. But my first real job, I was an activities director on a dementia and Alzheimer's unit. And I was 16 years old when I started that job. And I don't know how I got that job or how I was given that much responsibility at 16 years old, but I loved that job. I did it every other weekend and I would go in on Saturdays and Sundays and I would help all the residents with their breakfast and I would plan their activities for the day. And I worked some holidays and I remember like planning the holidays for them. I also had a state curriculum that I had to follow for Alzheimer's and dementia and I also had to do a ton of trainings for Alzheimer's and dementia and I realized that I really enjoyed working with Alzheimer's and dementia patients. If you don't know what Alzheimer's and dementia is, uh, basically dementia is an umbrella term for memory loss and there's so many subcategories and that could be like a whole other episode or <laughs> teaching point that I could go off onto but for now, we'll just um, base it off memory loss, and it's usually a combination of short-term and long-term. You can kind of spark stuff in people with music or seeing someone, but basically there's memory loss, which, you know, can be really hard for someone and causes a lot of emotions and outbursts and all these different kind of things so you have to really engage those types of patients in different ways and that's the curriculum I had to base all of my activities directing on and it was so fun oh my gosh I had so much fun at that job I absolutely loved it I loved the patients I loved the staff I did commute pretty far for that job and that's why I ended up leaving but once I got my CNA license I did work there as a CNA as well so I did activities and was a CNA there and absolutely loved it. Those residents and patients will always have a special little place in my heart um, because I truly climbed the ladder from there. 
And I found out that I really had a niche for Alzheimer's and dementia. I really enjoyed it. I really liked de-escalating patients. I was really good at it. And I really don't think I had any special magic anything of any sorts. I really think I just had a lot of patience. I was very new to it. And I'm not saying that you should lose your patience over the year, but I was brand new and a very eager and excited CNA to be working here. And I did anything and everything for my patients. And also would take on the harder patients because I just knew that sometimes it was just in the approach. We get so used to a routine with our patients that sometimes we forget that sometimes they're going to have an off day or sometimes we need to change their approach just because what worked yesterday isn't going to work today. Sometimes when you know a patient for a while, especially for instance an aggressive or combative patient, you just automatically assume that every day is going to be a bad day and you really shouldn't. And me coming in new, where a lot of the people I was working with had been there for years, so, you know, they had their routine or they knew how their patients were, but sometimes you have to really change the approach for patients that are changing. Sometimes their aggression gets worse or sometimes their memory gets worse or sometimes little new things will agitate them and it just takes a good morning to a bad morning really, really quickly. So... My coworkers always thought that I there was something about me that, you know, made the aggressive patients not aggressive or made the really confused ones not having such a bad morning. But really, it was just that I was new and I had passion and patience that maybe they just didn't have that day. Anyways, all I knew was I was absolutely falling in love with working in healthcare. I loved it so much. I still do. And after that job, I went to another um, assisted living, and it was also specializing in dementia and Alzheimer's. I was put on that unit where I'd had the experience before, but I was no longer doing any activities. I was just being um, the CNA, and I absolutely loved it there, too. I loved my residents. I will always have a special place for them in my heart. I swear that they cheered me on like up until I finished nursing school, even though majority of those people I took care of are no longer around, which is really sad to say, but that's just how it goes. And yeah, so I'm very grateful for those opportunities that I had with those residents to learn and grow as a little baby CNA. As I got a little bit older, I realized I didn't love the staff at the place I was working at and that was the only reason that I left which is really unfortunate because I really did love my residents and the job so much but the staff and the just situations with the staff was just not ideal and it was just taking a toll on me so I ended up going to hospice care which no one really understood why I was going into hospice care I remember when I took the job my parents asking me is this really what you want to do and I said yeah I really think that it takes a special person and I really think that I could be that person for someone I really think this would be a good fit for me and it was I did three or four years in hospice it definitely is not for everyone and I am debating doing an entire episode on hospice care palliative care because I'm extremely passionate about it I did a whole project on it in school because I just have so much to say about it but that will obviously be a whole separate episode with a lot of trigger warnings because there's a lot I want to unpack with that like I said that'll be a whole other episode but 
just talking about my experience in hospice, um, I was 19 or 20 when I started in hospice. And like I said, stayed there for about three or four years. And I don't regret it at all. I think it taught me some of the best patient care I've ever learned and will ever learn. I think I will carry my experience with hospice with me in every single job I go to, even if it's labor and delivery where we're bringing new lives into the world. I will relate it back to hospice because you just learn so much in hospice. You really do. In between all those times, I had another sister born, my youngest sister, Belle, and by that point, I had been a CNA for about a year, and now I had so much more knowledge, and I was coming into this like, I've done this before I got this. And same thing with Brooklyn. Belle's birth was also about 35 to 38 hours. It was very long, very intense for reasons that I'm not going to speak on just for my mom's behalf, but it was scary. Much scarier than Brooklyn's belt, uh, than Brooklyn's birth, and also taught me a lot. But I was there for the whole thing. For Belle, she was born at like midnight, which honestly just relates to her personality so much now. I think it's so funny. I also cut the umbilical cord for her, and I remember going back feeling so confident in the hospital and being like, oh, I made the right choice. Like, I know this is still what I want to do. Like, I'm still just as passionate about this as I was before. And fast forward, I now work at that hospital. I don't work on that unit, but the goal eventually is to be in labor and delivery. I'll get into that in a second. But once the end of nursing school was approaching or like the last year, I decided that I needed a little bit of a faster pace, a little bit more of a challenge. So I decided to go to the hospital that I had always wanted to work at, which was the hospital both my sisters were born at. And everything comes full circle, and I think that's so cool. Um, so I applied, I got the job, and I worked on a med surge unit. And I truly wish that I had started in the hospital from the get-go. I loved my experiences prior, but I thrive in a hospital setting, and I was doing so well in it, and I was like, oh, I feel like I missed out on this for years. Like, I had never felt so good in a job and had amazing staff, amazing support, um, opportunity to grow that I just didn't feel like I had at my other jobs. It was fast-paced. It was fun. I was working with people also in nursing school that were my own age. I was working with nurses that were willing to take me under their wing and teach me. And it was just such a different, it was such a different experience than what I had done previously. Would I change those experiences? No, because they already happened. And I think they built me into the nurse that I am today. But when I tell you I immediately thrived in the hospital setting, I loved it. I just loved how you... No day was ever the same. You saw different patients every day, different cases, different problems. You really had to use critical thinking. You learned how to do time management. You just learned so much in the hospital. And like I said, my nurses that have become friends, that have become mentors, were always supporting and knew that a lot of us were in nursing school. So if they thought something was a teaching point, they would bring you in. And I think it was just such an amazing place to be. And I'm just so glad that 
I ended up working there and still work there to this day because it taught me so much. And the funny thing is, is that I've always had anxiety pretty much my whole life. And for some reason, I didn't understand this until I talked about it at therapy. You guys know how I feel about therapy. I talked to my therapist about everything. And I didn't understand why in such high pressure, intense, stressful situations, I thrived. Like, I'd be so cool, calm, collected, be able to get my stuff done. You know, if there was a stressful, I just, I knew what I was doing and I felt like I was so in control of everything. And I was just never, like, I just wasn't faltering, which I didn't understand because I had anxiety. So you would think someone with anxiety, putting them in a high stress situation would not be good, but it's quite the opposite. Since people with anxiety live in such a state of fight or flight majority of the time, although I'm working on that, I'm not as bad as I used to be at all. But let's, let's say worst case scenario that a person with anxiety is in a constant state of fight or flight slash just very stressed, very anxious. Now you put them in a high stress situation and sometimes, for me, for example, they will thrive in that situation because they live with it so constantly that when they're put into a physical situation that's not theirs, they're fine. Because they're like, I've been here before, I know what I'm doing, it's cool, I'm calm, it's collected. And that's how I felt at the hospital. And I loved it. I felt like my anxiety at the hospital evaporated and that feeling is amazing. It's such an amazing feeling and I talked to my therapist about it and I was like, make that make sense because why do I have anxiety everywhere else except the hospital? Like, why do I thrive at the hospital? And he pretty much explained what I just explained to you guys. When you are have anxiety and you're you know a more anxious person than normal and you're put into someone else's high high anxiety situation you thrive more because one it's not yours so you can detach from it and two you're used to it so now you know how to acclimate to it and you know how to process it and deal with it which I think is really cool because when I'm in the hospital I just feel amazing I feel like my anxiety has gone it's a really cool feeling dare I say being in the hospital gives me main character vibes like to the max I just love it I really do I just thrive off it I love it <laughs> so for anyone that doesn't know what med surge is it can be kind of two things the way my hospital is set up is we have two med surge units. One is primarily for people with, you know, major infections um, that are coming in to be on antibiotics IV for a few days. We have that side slash our COVID side. And then we have the other side, which is all of our post-ops for mostly total joints, total hips, total knees, total shoulders, all that. And majority of the time that's what we see on our other unit which was the unit I worked on the most so I got very familiar with orthopedics and then when I became a nurse a position opened up in our perioperative services which is perioperative just means pre-op post-op you know in between when you're actually in surgery it's all those services combined and this position just happened to open up for I was looking in outpatient I was kind of just, I, I wanted outpatient. I wanted the hours. I wanted no holidays and no weekends. I was just ready for outpatient, at least for a little while. And, you know, I already had experience in orthopedics, so I was like, maybe this will be perfect. So I applied for the position, and basically what my job is now is I help run our orthopedic total joint program. So all of our 
hips, knees, shoulders, everything, ankles come through me and a nurse practitioner and we do all their testing and evaluate them for surgery, making sure they're safe to come in and out of surgery. So it's really cool that I've been on the other side post-op where I see, you know, people coming out of an anesthesia with their new joint, doing physical therapy, rehabbing. So I've seen that aspect of it and now I get to see the beginning. I get to see the very start point from where they're coming in and we're evaluating if they are safe enough to go through with the surgery or if they're not. For instance, you know, if someone has a lot of cardiology issues, if their BMI is too high, anything like that would um, pull them away from having the surgery and we determine, me and the nurse practitioner determine if that person's safe enough. And I really love it. I have learned a lot about pre-op. And I didn't realize how much truly went into it now that I'm on the other end of it. And I love it because I really get to be a comfort and I'm a really good listener for my patients that come in. A lot of them have never had surgery before and now they're having a total joint replacement and they are nervous. So I get to comfort them and just honestly listen because most of the time they just want to talk about how nervous they are and that's fine and then you just give them reassurance when they're all done venting and ranting to you about how nervous they are and I love that aspect and that connection with my patients and seeing them on the other side of it when we do rounds and seeing how well they're doing and how good they're rehabbing. That's the cliff notes of my nursing job now but nursing has also given me the ability to share with nursing students on social media so a big majority of my social media, specifically my TikTok, is nursing-based, um, and I just love to be a resource for nursing students especially, to be someone that they can look up to that is very passionate about what they do, that still loves the nursing profession. There has been a lot that's happened within the past few years because of COVID, and of course, there's so much burnout. There's so much that needs to be fixed in the healthcare system, and not just for nurses, for everyone, for CNAs, EMTs, paramedics, doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, everyone. There's so much that needs to be fixed across the board, especially for the patients, but I think being in the profession before COVID was so important because I know what it was like before and I'm so grateful I do because I think if I would have had a really hard time working through COVID if I didn't have those experiences and I feel like there can be one of two ways on social media you can find a lot of nursing or healthcare negativity or you can find a lot of people that are really passionate and excited or trying to reignite that passion they once had for the profession and I just hope that I can be a resource or someone that keeps the hope for these nursing students because we desperately need them. We desperately need good people in the healthcare setting so bad. So if I can just inspire one or two people to keep going that truly are passionate about it, then that means the world to me. And I've gotten to work with some amazing brands for scrubs or nurses that open small businesses, I think is amazing. I love to show and rep and support that. I just think that there's so many other things you can do with with your nursing license now, especially with social media, and nursing school is really hard. It is so hard, okay, and professors are really tough. Some of them are really tough, and they might be the reason that you might want to quit, 
I just hope I can inspire people to say you can get past this, you can work in your specialty, and you can be happy and successful in whatever you want to do in nursing or healthcare. There's so many things you can go into. There's outpatient, there's clinics, there's there's just so much. There's travel nursing, there's flight nursing, there's cruise ship nursing. There's so much you can do. You can you know, go back and maybe get your master's and you can teach other nursing students, which has honestly been weighing on me a little bit heavy lately. For some reason, I just have this urge to want to be a clinical instructor in the future. I don't know why. I always thought that I would never want to be a clinical instructor because how can I be responsible for other nurses in the making? That's absolutely terrifying. But I just wish I could be an amazing clinical instructor that is inspiring, but also teaches you at the same time. I had a clinical instructor like that. She was hard, but at the same time, she cared about you so much and she just wanted you to succeed. And you knew that she was never going to embarrass you or make fun of you, but she was going to push you. And I just want to be that for a group of students, maybe someday. I don't know. I've been thinking about it lately and maybe in the future, that's definitely something that I might be really interested in. Um, so yeah, I've been thinking about that, but in terms of my nursing career from here on out, specialties that I'm very interested in besides orthopedics, orthopedics is just where I am, where I'm comfortable, what kind of fell into my lap at the moment, but that's definitely not where I'm going to stay forever. Obviously, I've always been interested in labor and delivery. That's probably my number one, but I've also always been interested in the emergency department and then going from the emergency department to flight nursing. Ugh, I, there's something about that that really, no, those are so different specialties. I'm so aware of that. Don't worry. I've always thought of this ever since I wanted to go to nursing school. My two top specialties have been labor and delivery and the emergency department um, with a track to somehow getting into flight nursing. So different, but I love fast-paced situations. I love critical situations that you really have to think really fast and the emergency department and flight nursing are perfect for that but I also love labor and delivery because I have done so much research about labor and delivery and helping moms and just have learned so much from my mom and I'm so passionate about that too so I'm curious where my career will take me in the future, but I know for a fact that I am in the right place. I still think that six years later, as I've gone from an activities director to a CNA to a nurse, and in terms of furthering my education, it's definitely going to happen. I don't know exactly what I want to do if I want to be a nurse practitioner or if I want to be a nurse practitioner slash midwife. Like I said, I don't know exactly right now what the plan is, but I'm happy where I'm at and I definitely know I'm in the right place profession-wise. And if it ever comes to a day where I hate it, um, I simply won't do it anymore. We are in the place of taking care of others and if I simply ever can't physically take care of others anymore emotionally mentally I won't do it anymore because patients deserve more than that personally I think if I am ever so so far burnt out or just don't love it anymore I simply won't do it anymore even though I could never see that happening to me if I ever feel that way I won't do it anymore for that simple fact of patients deserve more than that 
and like I said, I'm extremely passionate about what I do. I take it extremely seriously, and if I ever lose that fire for it, I'm just not going to do it anymore because it's just not going to be for me at that point. But as of right now, I absolutely love what I do. I'm still so passionate about it. I'm still an eager little new grad, and I just hope I always carry that with me and, you know, feed that energy into new nurses, new CNAs, anyone that is passionate about working in healthcare. So that is a little about my nursing journey and my journey as a healthcare worker. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And even if you're not in the healthcare profession, I hope you took something away from this. And I hope that's to just do something that absolutely sets your soul on fire and makes you so excited to go to work. Not that going to work every single day is a walk in the park. It's definitely not. I have had days that make me question a lot, but at the end of the day, I still love it. And you should just do something that makes you that excited all the time. And I simply don't believe the term, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. If you love what you do, you 100% will work many days of your life because you will be working so hard at it. I give so much of myself up at work and I don't regret it because that that's what I'm meant to do at work. That it takes me a lot of time to give it back to myself when I come home, but I wouldn't change that for anything. But saying that you'll feel like you never work a day in your life just doesn't make sense in my brain because you're you're for sure working. If you if you love what you do, you are working hard at it. So do something that you love. You're gonna feel like you're working, but you're still gonna love it and be passionate about it, and that's what's most important. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you guys next week on my birthday, which is so exciting. I'm so excited for next week's episode, and I will talk to you guys then. Bye, guys.